The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined virtually by Ty Crandall, an expert on credit building, scoring, and repair. Ty is the CEO of Credit Suite, a leading business coaching firm in the United States through which he guides companies in building and sustaining exceptional credit and also in securing financing. He's the author of two best-selling credit books, Perfect Credit and Business Credit Decoded. He's here to support you in your personal and business goals by offering pointers on how you can optimize your credit profile. Ty, welcome to the show. I'm so thrilled that you're joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really super excited to be here. Well, as you know, I'm sure from your extensive personal and your business experience, it's such a sensitive and important topic. And many of us, I think, probably don't realize how important this topic is. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I, you know, credit, whether it be consumer credit or corporate credit, is one of those things we don't think about a lot until we need it. And then usually that's a little too late to start thinking about it. So I agree. It's definitely not on the, uh, the forefront of people's mind until usually they need it to, uh, to get what they're looking for. I appreciate also, Ty, that you bring a lot of empathy to the work that you do. And you've shared also in different venues how your own personal experience led you to what you're doing now to helping so many people. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that. Well, sure. I mean, uh, you know, I actually, the first business I ever owned was a mortgage company. And uh, and we dealt with a lot of people that weren't able to even obtain mortgages at the time um, due to issues they had on their consumer credit. Um, and as we dove in and spent time with them, what we realized was a lot of the things that were on their consumer credit reports were there um, against what the Fair Credit Reporting Act allowed. They weren't 100% accurate. They weren't verifiable. They weren't timely. Uh, there were just a lot of inaccuracies that held people back from home ownership. So that was a road that I really went down um, early in my professional career to help solve that problem and um, actually created a consumer credit repair company and had that for a handful of years where we helped hundreds and hundreds, uh, maybe I probably even now that I look back, thousands of people um, help improve the inaccuracies on their credit to qualify for home loans. And, and, and through that path, I actually, uh, and this actually happened again, as I said, after the mortgage industry uh, collapsed because that was the first business I owned. And I was there as all that happened. And I went myself from having really good personal credit to really damaged personal credit uh, because I ended up losing everything because I guaranteed everything within that business. So years later, as I was in the consumer space, a lot of customers started asking me about business credit. At the time, I didn't really know much about it, although I'd had a lot of financial experience. And um, and I soon dove in and started to figure out everything I could about corporate credit or business credit and realized there was this whole other world where people could obtain credit for their EIN that's not linked to their Social Security number. So when I realized that, it really kind of resulted in a lot of almost frustration on my end because I'd realized I went through this really hard time in my life because I personally guaranteed so many things in my business, not knowing there was another way. And uh, once I discovered there was another way that people just didn't know about, that I really decided to be that advocate to help uh, inform and educate entrepreneurs as a whole that there was an alternative, that they can obtain credit for their business that's not linked to their uh, personal social. It goes to show that our personal experiences can be the best clues to where we can be successful in business because they point to the needs that other people have. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, you hear 
it's so much where it's cliche that you have to do something you're passionate about. And and I've always enjoyed being in business, but it wasn't until I really went through a very hard experience and realized there was a solution to that problem um, that people weren't being told about that I really found my true passion. And you know that's what I do today. You know, I don't really work to grow our business. I just work to get the word out there to as many people as possible about business credit, what it is, how to obtain it. Um, in doing so, you know, my success in, in our company continues to grow. So, you know, absolutely. I think that in life, you have to find your true passion. And if my experience personally, that happens um, sometimes as a result of, of going through the worst of times. And let's go back actually to what you're talking about with business credit, because that was interesting. You were talking about when you were in the business of mortgages, how there were so many people who realized that there was misinformation on their credit reports that were that was impacting their ability to get mortgages, or if they were approved for a mortgage, it was impacting their interest rate. Well, absolutely. When it comes to mortgages, you know, your consumer credit score 100% determines whether you get approved and 100% determines your rate. Uh, so every lender out there has loan requirements and they all have a minimum FICO score requirement. You either meet that or you don't. And if you're one point short of that, you don't get a loan. And if you meet the requirement, you do. Uh, when we look at rate sheets in the mortgage industry, how much somebody pays is, again, decided based on their credit score. When it comes time to lock their rate, there's a lot of different rates to choose from. And it really comes down to the time frame that you're locking the rate. And it also comes down to the credit score of that individual. So consumer credit decides a lot of whether you get credit cards, car loans, mortgages, or the interest rates and terms you'll pay, much the same as business credit does that in the business world. Uh, you know, when you look at a business credit profile, for example, in comparison, it tells the actual person pulling the report what the recommended credit somebody should have is. So whether it be credit for your business that's linked to your EIN or consumer credit that's linked to your social, these things are crucial because they determine whether or not you do get approved for the financing and credit you're looking for um, and absolutely determine the rates and terms that you actually receive on that financing. On the, on the side then of those who would be granting the financing, they have guidelines that, that they're following around who would potentially be the best prospective investment. Well, and nowadays it's all done by computers. You know, what happens nowadays is, you know, most lenders and credit issuers have programmed these algorithms into their computers where when you're entering information on an application, whether it be a business application for, for business credit or financing or a consumer application for a consumer loan of some sort um, or even credit, then their computers in a lot of times will ultimately determine the approval just based on the criteria you enter and the data they pull from the credit report, um, in large part due to credit score. So what happens is you fill out an application, their system automatically then pulls the credit based a large part by the, on the credit score, determines whether you're approved or not approved, the limits you receive, um, even the actual uh, terms that you pay. And we've, you've seen this probably before. I mean, your listeners probably have had an experience where they go in, they, they apply online, they're approved, and then other experiences where they get that um, worrisome response that says, you'll hear something from us in seven to ten days. And usually that response means that somebody is going to manually look at the application, but most of the automated approvals don't just happen instantaneous because somebody was that quick to look at it. It happens because computers are making that decision in large part based on the information on the credit report uh, being led by the credit score itself. And you mentioned one step that's important to take is to actually look for accuracy or look for inaccuracies in the credit reporting? Well, this is one of the biggest mistakes that I, I think people people make. You know, we find in, in a lot of people are very accountable for what they've done. They, they know they had a bad time. There was a, an experience that occurred where they didn't have the ability to not pay a bill or multiple bills. And it usually wasn't voluntary. Matter. Maybe they got sick. Maybe um, a numerous, many different factors happened. And then what happens is an inaccurate or an account that's derogatory gets put on a credit report. And so a lot of people take accountability for that. They say, look, it's mine. I deserve it. Here it is. But what a lot of people don't realize is that the account on the credit report uh, must meet very specific criteria to be on there. And one of those criteria is it has to be accurate, which doesn't mean 
were you late? Yes, I was. Well, now it's being reported late. There's a lot of different factors that determine how a an account on a credit report is ranked or scored per FICO. So what happens is even though you might have went late or defaulted on an account, then the way that that account gets reported is oftentimes manipulated, whether it be intentional or accidental. Um, you know, that, that's a whole other discussion. But the, the data is not 100% accurate. Maybe the date of last activity is wrong, or the date reported is wrong, or maybe it's reported as an I-9 status versus an I-5 status. These things are little things that consumers aren't trained to look for, but a small change or inaccuracy in any of those aspects result in a significantly worse credit score than they should have. So what I found in consumer credit reporting is when we dispute a lot of the inaccuracies on a credit report or the negative accounts on a credit report, usually over 80% of them um, we find have inaccuracies. And every survey that exists on this topic says that in a lot of those cases, those inaccuracies are enough to make it where someone doesn't qualify for financing or pays a significantly worse rate as a result. So that's kind of the big issue we see is that somebody had something go later default. Yes, you might have, but that doesn't mean that the account's being reported 100% accurately or it's verifiable or timely as it's required by law. And the law says that if it doesn't meet that criteria, it has to get removed from the credit report. Ty, is this something that any of us can review and be able to ascertain what the inaccuracies are, or do we need to enlist some expertise to help us? It's just like anything in life, right? I mean, I, I can learn with YouTube how to fix the brakes of my car, um, but uh, I'm probably not going to do that because it's the brakes of my car. So, you know, that's going to be something I'm going to lead to the experts. But, you know, I find a lot of people that I put out a lot of free education that will take the education, will learn, and are willing to commit the time uh, and take ownership of their own credit and want to actually learn how to do it and what is required um, and go through the process on their own. The vast majority of us, I think, are so busy in our day-to-day -day lives that if you really want it done the right way, there's so many professional credit companies out there. And I'm not in that space anymore. I'm in the, the corporate credit and the business credit space, so I don't, I don't say this because I have any benefit of saying it, but from my experience, the consumer reporting com or consumer repair companies that fix credit, um, especially reputable ones, are well worth the money. You know, in a lot of cases, they charge very little money to do credit disputing. Sometimes they will only charge based on what they actually get deleted. Sometimes it's a small monthly fee. And these companies, if they really know what they're doing, they understand the Fair Credit Reporting Act. They understand the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. And they understand TELA. And they understand RESPA. And they understand all these laws that have all these requirements um, that these items really must meet or that the creditors must meet to report the items. So if you work with a really reputable company, then they know a lot of what's required in all these laws to probably get better success than you will as a consumer. But if you're willing as a consumer to go out and get that education and knowledge and look at the forums and all the free training that's out there today, you could definitely learn how to do it. But just like anything in life, I don't know if you'll ever be able to do it as well as a company that deals with hundreds of files a month does or even thousands. Right, and all of this is an evolving field. So just, just like using an accountant, staying current is the responsibility of these professionals at the consumer repair companies. And so it sounds like your advice is be mindful of credit reporting. There could be a high percentage of reports that have inaccuracies, and you're in a position, of course, where you can dispute those and enlist the help of a consumer repair company who's really informed about all these different aspects of personal credit? I think those are the things that are going to get you the best result. I mean, the most important thing is you, you need to be aware of what's on your credit report. You should have credit monitoring of some sort or let, at very least uh, sign up for annualcreditreport.com and get the one free report you're entitled to per year. You should be looking at your credit, making sure that there's nothing on there that looks to be inaccurate. Or if you have anything that's negative or derogatory, just know that the law is on your side. It's, it's not the credit bureau. It's not the government. It's not the 
creditor's obligation, nor will they look to make sure that information is verifiable. It's only you that will. So if you see half negative information on your account, then it's your right to challenge to make sure that that account is 100% accurate, verifiable, and timely. Because if you do that, you'll find in a lot of cases it doesn't meet that criteria and gets deleted. So everything you said absolutely sums it up. The most important thing is just keep an eye on what's on your credit report. And if you have derogatory items, then whether you do it on your own or work with the company, at least look into it a little deeper because you'll often find that those those accounts don't meet the criteria required uh, to be reported uh, legally to begin with. Ty, you mentioned annualcreditreport.com. Is that the correct URL? Yeah, that's annualcreditreport.com. And that's the only place you can get a truly free copy of your credit report. You know, there's a lot of credit monitoring services out there that will offer you access uh, to a consumer credit report uh, for free the first month, but they take your credit card and charge you the subsequent months. So annualcreditreport.com is the only place you can go to get a truly free credit report. And do you think that it's sufficient to review your credit report annually, or do you recommend to do it more often than that? Well, I think everybody should have credit monitoring. You know, I mean, my wife and I spend, uh, I'm not sure, it's less than $20 um, per each one of us individually to actually have credit monitoring, and I think it's well worth it. You know, we're able to check our credit reports every 45 days. We often do. Uh, we get notices when our scores change or different accounts are on there, and, and I recommend everybody do that. But, hey, listen, that, that's not a lot of money to a lot of people. So, you know, even if you don't want to spend the uh, $20 a month or $15 a month, you should at least make sure that you get a copy of your free report. You mentioned it's about $15, $20 a month to set up credit monitoring where you can really connect with all the information on your report. You can get notifications if there's something you need to be alerted to. We, we just have about 30 seconds before we need to go to commercial. Can you quickly tell us how would you set up credit monitoring? Well, there's a lot of different places out there you can. Uh, if you just type in credit monitoring or you know, how to get copies of your credit reports, uh, you'll find a lot of different services out there that offer different types of credit monitoring. And then it's just a matter of, of looking to find the best one that, that, that suits your needs. Um, so there's a lot of them that are great, not none that I'd necessarily recommend over another. It's just a matter of you know, searching credit monitoring, Google, figure out the best ones that might work for you and moving forward with uh, whichever source is the best fit. Thank you, Ty. We're going to go to a brief commercial. When we come back, Ty will share how you can build business credit, even if you aren't a U.S. citizen. If you're doing business in the U.S. or if you'd like to, stay with us to benefit from his advice. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi speaking with personal and business credit expert Ty Crandall, who joins us virtually from Florida. Ty acquainted us with how the consumer or personal credit system works and provided pointers on how you can improve your credit profile and repair credit. In this segment, we're going to focus on your entrepreneurial goals through a discussion about business credit. So Ty, we had 
talked before the show about our listenership being international. And I know you're going to share advice about how to obtain business credit, even if you aren't a U.S. citizen. It'd be great, though, to start by talking about the benefits of building business credit. Well, there's a lot of benefits to building business credit. Uh, that, I think, in itself could be its own show. Uh, one, one of the biggest benefits of, of business credit is that it really separates consumer versus business credit. You know, a lot of people, um, if you look uh, historically, have always tried to fund their business, especially startups, using their personal credit. But, you know, one of the, the components of credit is capacity. And consumer credit wasn't designed to fund a business. And by that, I mean, you know, one of the benefits of business credit is that limits are usually 10 to 100 times higher than what you'll find with consumer credit. And that, that actually comes right from SBA. So business credit has higher limits because businesses have greater appetite for money. So it's one of the big benefits of business credit is that it does separate personal and business credit entirely, meaning that the business owner isn't liable for what takes place in their business. This is credit that's built for their EIN, not their Social Security number. And because this credit reports to the business credit reporting agencies, not the consumer reporting agencies, then it doesn't have any adverse effects on their personal credit either. Um, whereas if you get a business credit card, and there's a lot of them out there, um, a Capital One Spark card, for example, you know, that reports on your consumer credit report. So if you get that card and you use more than 30% of your limit, you really damage your personal scores. But by having real business credit where that account reports to your EIN, credit report, not your social, then what happens is you can wildly use that, even max out that credit card, and it won't have an adverse effect on you personally. Um, not to mention that when you're using your EIN credit to apply for more credit, there's no inquiries on your personal credit report, so that doesn't affect your ability to get consumer credit financing there as well. Um, so there's a lot of benefits. You, know, the, there, you don't have a personal guarantee. You're not personally liable. You can truly separate the two. You have higher limits. Business credit's much faster to build and obtain than consumer credit. You know, any business can obtain it, um, even as a startup, even if they don't have collateral or cash flow or those things that are required to actually get business loans. So of the lot of benefits that's out there, that's probably a handful of the most important that your listeners probably want to know about. Ty, does this assume that you're incorporated? Because some businesses operate as sole proprietorships, so that's going to be a different scenario, right, in terms of the relationship between the consumer credit and the business credit. Well, not necessarily. Any entity can build business credit, whether you're a partnership or a sole proprietorship or a corporation or, you know, um, even a limited liability company. Any entity you choose um, can have business credit. But you are right in the sense that by default, the entity you choose will also determine your liability. So if you're a corporation or an LLC, well, that's when you are truly separate from the business. If you are a partnership or a sole proprietorship, you are the business. So you have to think carefully about those entities because when you choose one of those entities, you'll always be personally liable for what takes place in your business. And that's a really scary thing. That means even if your business were ever to get sued, you're going to be the one on the hook personally for that lawsuit as well. So if anybody really wants to be in a business and do their most to separate their liability, they want to choose an entity that by default helps them separate that liability, including an LLC or a corporation. But any entity can actually build business credit. And I'm thinking about some of the companies that have just been around for a long time, maybe some of the small businesses or family-run businesses that started out as sole proprietors and just never shifted their status. Well, and that's not a difficult thing to do. You know, any, any company can go to their accountant. It's probably the easiest way to do it and have that discussion with them about um, changing their actual entity status. And, and that's not a surprising thing. I mean, companies grow. Sometimes you start with an idea and you don't expect it to be as wildly successful as what it becomes. But a lot of entities, you know, for example, a C corporation is really designed for a larger company where you're going to pay more in taxes and you're, you're kind of okay with that. Uh, whereas an S corporation is where you're not expecting to make those kind of profits and you don't have to pay taxes individually and to the business. So entities kind of the way they're designed is that you're right. I mean, some entities just work better for smaller companies, and as they grow, they really need to consider or at least talk to their accountant um, or their, their, their accounting expert on what entity is the best 
for where they are at that position. But all I will say is that partnerships and sole proprietorships are always personally liable for what happens in your business. So I can tell you from personal experience, that just leaves you with a lot of exposure. The more you guarantee, the more you put yourself personally on the line for what happens in your business, the more susceptible you are to default on something, be liable for that, um, or even you know be a victim of a lawsuit, whether it's intentional or something you did or you didn't. And any way you can separate your personal family, your finances from your business, you're best to do so. And you mentioned that your business credit is linked to the employer identification number. So whether you're an S-Corp or a C-Corp or an LLC, then in all of those instances, there's literally no correlation between your consumer credit and your business credit? Well, there's absolutely, there's actually three types of credit. There's banking credit, there's business credit, and there's consumer credit. So consumer credit's linked to your social. Business credit's linked to your EIN number. Um, and bank credit is an internal credit scoring system that banks have to rate you based on the, how you manage your business bank account. And that will be used to determine whether or not you do or don't get a term, uh, get approved for bank loans. So when it comes to business credit, if you get credit and leave your social security number off the application, then that is true business credit that's only reporting under your EIN credit profile. But a mistake we see a lot of people make is that they think they're getting a business credit card because they're applying for a business credit card. They supply their social, and then that account still reports on their consumer credit report, and they're still personally liable. So there are definitely business credit accounts out there that aren't true corporate credit or business credit accounts that still carry over to the consumer reports, that still have personal liability. But true business credit, where your business itself is applying and it's qualifying for the credit without you on it as an individual, um, is what really creates a separate credit profile and score. Your business has its own credit profile and score under its EIN number. You have your own credit profiles and score under your Social Security number. Can you take us through a scenario of some of the clients that you work with, maybe some of the common situations that you encounter, so this way we can better understand the paces that you take clients through and how they're able to benefit? Sure. We had... um you know, we have two of our clients that are a couple that were actually looking to uh, build a tax business. And them, you know, they actually sold a, a 50-inch TV and an old beat-up pickup truck to scrounge mm-hmm. together, I think, like 1200 bucks to get themselves initially off the ground. But they were wise enough to know there was just no way that they had enough money from that $1,200 to build the business and get it started properly. So they're in a position where we see a lot of entrepreneurs are. They're a startup. So they don't have cash flow, which eliminates all conventional bank loans and a lot of the cash flow financing type lenders that are out there. They didn't really have any viable uh, you know, business collateral or stocks or 401ks or anything like that they could use as leverage. And they didn't have good personal credit. We see a lot of entrepreneurs are by default risk takers. And in a lot of cases, their credit reflects that. So this is a common situation we see. Somebody that doesn't have good credit, doesn't have collateral, doesn't have cash flow, which means there's no lendable options for them. There are no banks in the business loan space or investors that are going to want to lend into that type of situation. So they actually got with us. They discovered business credit. And then in a very short period of time, we were able to help them start getting the credit they needed to buy the office supplies they needed, to get the furniture, to get the computers, to basically set up a physical office. Uh, They continued to build more and more credit, even to the point where they started getting cash credit cards, even an American Express card. And in doing so, uh, a year into doing business, they'd already done over a million dollars, and now they're on their way into the second year of business and doing well over that, versus a company that might be similar that doesn't have access to money, um, never even really is to a position where they can start earning revenue, because they don't have the money they need to be able to get the office, to be able to get the office supplies, the computers, the furniture, everything they need to even get that business off the ground. So they're doing very, very well today. They've got, I don't know, last time I checked, over 15 accounts on their business credit reports. They're able to get American Express cards, and like I said, every day they come in and are now getting business loan and credit offers in the mail as a result of that credit that they've established. Do you find that there are many entrepreneurs in that situation who actually don't even think about, first they think about financing options, but that when that doesn't work out, they don't necessarily think about the option of getting business credit? We run into a lot of, of, of interesting situations. You know, a friend of mine called me the other day that's very big in the advertising space, and he was frustrated because he had a fifty thousand dollar credit line. Called his bank to get more. His bank reduced it from fifty to five, 
and they told him that the reason was was because he had no business credit. And to him, this was insulting. He had been in business for many years. He has a, a very successful multi-million dollar company. He said, Taya, by advertising with all of these large advertising uh, providers, uh, but none of those actually reported to the business credit reporting agency. So his ability to get credit and financing to grow was inhibited based on his lack of business credit. Um, I just talked to somebody the other day, and we were taking a look at her company and her husband's company, and her husband had been in business for 10 years, and his credit score was 29 out of 100, which is really, really low. And the recommended credit that Experian was saying that he should be given was $1,000. And this is a company that, again, is doing over seven figures a year, uh, but because they don't have any credit established, they're not able to move up. You know, business credit's one of those things where you can't not have it. At some point of growth in your company, you're, you're going to be pushed down because you don't. We've seen multi-million dollar companies get denied $10,000 credit cards because they didn't have business credit established. We see very successful companies try to apply and get merchant cash advances. These are 30 40% interest rate loans and get denied because they don't have business credit. So we see a lot of companies that are very well established that don't have business credit and it ends up catching up to them um, where they then really have to start establishing business credit to get what they need. And we see a lot of other people that never even know business credit exists and they go out of business very quickly because they can't access the capital they need uh, because they don't have the cash flow credit or collateral needed to get a loan and they don't know about business credit. They don't know it's a solution there. So we see a lot of different instances where business credit um, not knowing about business credit um, inhibits somebody's ability to get the money they need to grow or somebody that's even very well established that has never thought about business credit or ignored it uh, is then forced into a position where they have to because they're not able to get the financing they're looking for. It makes sense. On the personal side, I think many people have experienced that if you're applying for your first car loan or for your first mortgage, that you have to have some credit history established. Well, and that's the interesting thing about credit repair is nobody wants to get their credit fixed. They just want a home. They want a car, you know, and that's when they're forced into a position to get their credit fixed. And, uh, and we were talking about that very similar thing during the break is that, you know, a lot of people, when they have credit issues on the consumer side, they don't know what to do, so they walk away. And years later, then they need a home or they need a car, and they go in and they say, I think my credit's okay. I, I haven't had anything bad on it for years. Well, the reality is, is all they had was bad stuff years ago, put no positive on there, so years later, their credit is still bad. You know, the bottom line is, is in the consumer and business credit space, you can't ignore credit. You know, your business isn't meant to grow indefinitely without having credit. As a consumer, you can't live the American dream without having consumer credit because most people don't save the money nowadays to be able to pay cash for a home or to pay cash for cars. So at some point in your life, you're going to run into a brick wall where you need that credit and you haven't done the things needed to establish it or build it. And then all of a sudden it puts you a year or two years behind the curve as you try to address those issues and get your credit up to, up to a place where you can qualify for the things you're looking for. Unfortunately, there are business credit and personal credit experts such as yourself who people can turn to in those kinds of situations. And you're raising a mindfulness now that there are resources that are available even when you're in a situation where you feel stuck and you have such great ideas and you're, you think that your growth is limited. There are experts who can help you to navigate that. Well, and that's, that's what's important to me in my life, and that's what I'm passionate about. You need to know you don't need to pay somebody like me or anybody else to fix your consumer credit or to establish business credit. You know, I know um, myself and, and our company alone put out a tremendous amount of free information and education on how to go through this process. Um, there's a, a lot of consumer credit co- repair companies that put out a lot of free information and education on how to actually fix your consumer credit. You just need to first understand the importance of credit and know that the stuff doesn't happen on its own. You have to take ownership of it. And then whether you work with an expert and pay a company to help you along or whether you take the information that's out there today uh, and use it to do it on your own, well, that's your choice. And either one will get you where you need to be. You just first need to recognize that business credit, consumer credit exist. They're vitally important to your existence. And then you also then need to take ownership and decide you're going to do something um, about both, whether you work with a professional company or whether you don't. Thank you, Ty. We're going to go to a quick commercial. When we return, Ty will discuss a topic 
That's an extension of maintaining excellent credit. He'll talk about how you can get approved for business financing, even when conventional banks say no. Stay with us to learn more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined virtually by consumer and business credit expert Ty Crandall. Ty discussed the importance of building business credit. In this final segment, we'll talk about another ingredient that may be vital to the development of your business, securing funding, even if conventional banks turn you down. And Ty, we talked about how in many situations, entrepreneurs like the ones you described you work with who may have low cash flow don't even think about applying for business credit and similarly may not think about applying for loans because they think they might not qualify. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that and what are some of the scenarios also in which you work with clients to secure financing? Well, absolutely. I mean, the general entrepreneur we talk to just does not think they can get financing at all. Um, and, you know, we dealt with a doctor, for example, that had bad personal credit. He'd been to his bank. He'd actually talked to several different lending institutions, and he came to us with advice on how to shut down his business. He had already given up on giving getting a business loan, and he had about $400,000 owed to the IRS. Uh, they were coming after him, and the only alternative he really um, had thought was possible was to shut down the business because so many of these conventional loans sources uh, turned him down. And to make a long story short, we ended up helping him get the money to pay off the tax lien um, and then even open up another office. He even ran or uh, ran for political office. So we ended up getting him well over, I think, one and a half million dollars in total funding over the course of a couple years. So it, it begs the question, how can somebody that, that couldn't even think they could get a little money able to get that much? And the biggest mistake that we saw him make is very common. Um, when I stand in front of a large crowd, I ask, where would you go if you need money? And everybody unanimously says, my bank. But, you know, banks by default deal with very conservative risk. Uh, they're meant to. You know, they're government insured. So they have to be very conservative in their risk. But we all know that the business space is very risky. We all know that every statistic out there shows the majority of businesses will fail. And unfortunately, a lot of them fail due to the lack of ability to get capital. So businesses, businesses just can't go to a conventional bank to get loans. It's not the best source unless they're very well established. They've been in business for years. They have good business credit, consumer credit. Um, they have tax returns that show profits. And many businesses, especially in that first five years of operation, don't have those things. So even though they can get money, most never even try because they're thinking in that conventional bank mentality where they have to have perfect businesses to get approved. And that's just not the case. There's just so many other solutions outside of the big banks where they can get money that they never even think of trying. What types of solutions exist? And also, I'm curious about how the interest rates compare with those of the banks. 
Well, interest rates are based on risk, you know, and, and that's the most important thing to know. The higher risk that you have, the higher interest rate that you're going to pay. And I always say, hey, look, people that get really high interest rates should be happy that they get high interest rates because that means that somebody was able to lend them money in a very high-risk situation, whereas people that are very low-risk um, can get very low interest rates, even lower than you can get at a conventional bank. So I, I call this personally the three C's of lending. There's three ways you can get money um, for a business, and it's whether you have cash flow, you have good credit, or whether you have collateral. Now, a conventional bank requires all three. You need to have good personal, business, and bank credit. You need to have collateral oftentimes for 50% or more of what you're borrowing. And you need to have cash flow verifiable per your tax returns showing net profits. So it's very tough to get approved because they want all of these things to be in place. But there's also what are now called alternative lenders that lend only based on one of those strengths. So maybe you have collateral or maybe you have cash or maybe you have good credit. If you have one of the three instead of all three, you can actually get approved for some type of business loan or credit line, um, even when you couldn't get approved at a conventional bank because you might not have two of the other three. So tying into your question about you know, where to go to get money and also rates, we'll look at collateral-based financing. So, for example, if somebody has account receivables or purchase orders, or maybe they have equipment that they own free and clear, or they have inventory, um, or they have a 401k or stocks or some type or book of business as an insurance agent, maybe they have some kind of viable business collateral or some kind of personal collateral like a 401k or stocks, they can get very low interest rate financing, often lower than 5%, lower than an SBA loan, even if they have bad personal credit and even if they don't have cash flow, just because they have um, that type of collateral. So that's a perfect example of somebody that can get lower rates than you'd get at a conventional bank only based on one of those strengths, one of those actual fees being um, collateral. So that's interesting. So you have to look for where your strength is in that whole equation of the three C's, the cash flow, the credit, and the collateral. And hearing you say that you can actually get even a lower interest rate than you would at a bank. What types of lenders are these? Well, the, you know, the, the biggest thing to know about conventional banks is that, you know, when you look at, and I think the Department of Revenue came out with this uh, last year that I listed the statistic, that over 98% of business loans and financing now come from alternative lending sources. So when you might think that you go to your bank first, so that's where the majority of the money is. In the business lending space, it's just absolutely not. And I often say to customers, how many people do you really know have ever told you that they went out and secured an SBA loan? And and most people I talk to know nobody that has or very few that have, even though they know a lot of entrepreneurs. So most people that are getting money are just not getting it from the big banks. Most people, over 98% now, are getting it from these alternative lending sources. So who are they? Well, a lot of them are banks. Um, there's still credit unions. There's private investors out there. There's hedge funds. There's so many additional places to get money where people are looking to invest. They don't want to invest into the stock market. They maybe want to invest in real estate. They want to invest into businesses. And there's a lot of ways that this money gets poured into the system, whether it be through hedge funds or private investors that have a lot of money that they're looking to get a return on and want to invest it um, in different ideas, concepts, and different businesses, um, whether it be actual banks that have built themselves up, like On Deck is an alternative lender. They're now a publicly owned company and the biggest in the merchant cash advance and the cash advance and revenue lending space. So it's a combination of different private investors, hedge funds, lenders, um, and a multitude of other alternative investors and lenders that are pouring money into the market. Like Shark Tank, right? So people, people who are out there who really are looking for investments that resonate with them. Well, absolutely. It, it, someone like me, I love small business. I, I mean, that's what I'm passionate about. I love people that have good ideas and take an idea and turn it into a business that employs people and, and gives them jobs. It's just, it's such an amazing thing to me that somebody can have an idea to solve a problem and then can turn that into a business and all that goes with that. And there's a lot of people like me out there that have a lot more money even than I have. Um, well, large amounts of money that want to invest 
invest and want to invest into entrepreneurs that want to invest into businesses. There's also a lot of companies and corporations out there that have realized that this idea that everybody be perfect, perfect personal credit, perfect bank credit and business credit, tons of tax credit, these aren't the people that need money, but people that have collateral are still worth lending to, or people that have consistent cash flow that's growing are worth lending to, or people that have good consumer credit and have shown a vast history of paying their bills is agreed, um, are worth lending to. And they've come up with all the formulas to realize they still get a very positive return on their money without them meeting all the stringent requirements that SBA and conventional lenders have. And don't get me wrong, I love SBA. I love conventional banks. They're fantastic. They're just, they will even admittedly tell you they're not designed for people in this infancy stage of their business where they're still uh, obscene as very high risk. You know, they're not the source for that. They're four more established companies. But the companies that aren't that well established, there's plenty of alternative lenders that would love to give you money based on one strength instead of asking for all your information and trying to find your weakness as the reason why they won't lend you money. Ty, it's good to hear the resounding advice that you're giving, which is that there are options and you really need to explore, you need to investigate, you need to speak with people who are informed about the market. And most likely... I would guess that alternative lending sources are also, if they're individuals or entities, they themselves have stumbled at least once and learned from that experience and are willing to help other people as well. Well, and a lot of them, that's even how they got into business. And that's a lot of how these products have been created over the years, is it's those same savvy entrepreneurs realizing there's a problem and deciding to produce a solution. You know, and that's, for example, what we believe in at Credit Suite. You know, what we looked at was an environment where somebody does, has no clue of, of what I'm saying here. They, they don't even know alternative lenders exist. They don't know that if they have cash flow, they need to go to this lending source versus this lending source. Or if they have, you know, good credit, they need to go over here versus over here. And for us, it just doesn't make sense. For us, what makes sense is to have one place where everything exists, where all lending products and all lending sources reside, where an entrepreneur can come in and just say, look, I need money, and then a finance blueprint can be mapped out for them, and then all of the options that are available in the marketplace can be presented to them so they actually have the greatest access to capital at the best terms. So I think a lot of companies that create these type of financial instruments um, or the individuals that do that become businesses are there for the same things that make growing businesses awesome, which is they're there to solve a problem. And there's no question there's a huge problem with entrepreneurs' ability to get money. And there's also no question that it is the absolute number one or two leading cause of business failure is those entrepreneurs not being able to access the capital they need when they need it. So, Ty, essentially your business helps to connect people with alternative lenders that would be a good fit for their business. Well, we do a couple things. You know, as I mentioned, if you have a three C's, if you have cash flow, if you have credit or you have collateral, well, that makes you lendable. There's business loan products in the alternative lending space where people want to give you money. Um, so we help in all of those different aspects to obtain, help people obtain business loans, help people obtain business credit lines, to shop the terms, to, to bring a volume of loans to these lenders so they give our customers discounts. So not only can we get people financing when they normally wouldn't be able to or know how to, um, but also at the best terms. But then we also are very big in the business credit building space because not only does it provide all those benefits we talked about, but it's also a catch-all. You don't need cash flow, credit, or collateral to obtain it. So this is something that any entrepreneur could obtain um, even if they don't actually meet one of those lending requirements by following a few uh, fairly simple steps. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw three questions at you at once, and if you can give me a sound bite on them since we're nearing wrap-up. So one is related to the question that I just asked and also, which is part of the function of what you do at Credit Suite, which is if I'm an entrepreneur and I want to look for alternative lenders, what's the best way to go about doing that? So I'm going to pause for a minute and I'm going to wrap in the other two because since we have three minutes left. And the other one is for if you're not a U.S. citizen, what kind of advice can you give along those lines of securing funding? And then the, the, other, the third thing that popped into my head, of course, is in this whole equation of being funded, 
on a continuous basis is that you really need to have sound business practices. And is there any advice that you give entrepreneurs along these lines or how, how can they go about getting good advice that would really help them? Like on Shark Tank, they get the funding, but they also get the consult from the person who is helping them with funding. With alternative financing, the most important thing to know about getting a loan or credit line um, for a business is to focus on the strengths that you have in the business. Is the strength that you have some type of collateral? Is the strength that you have good, consistent cash flow? Or is the strength that you have good personal credit? The first thing you need to do is determine which of those strengths you have and then start investigating lending that's available based on that strength. And if you don't have one of those strengths, then highly consider building your business credit because it works is a phenomenal solution even if you don't have one of those three business strengths. If you're somebody that's coming in and looking to get money or the things you should know about obtaining money, even if you're not within the United States, is there's a lot of companies within the United States and outside that will still look to invest into foreign businesses. And you can still, even if you are not a resident of the United States, build, a, obtain an EIN or, excuse me, obtain a company within the United States and build credit for that business um, even as a non-U.S. resident. So it's a great way to access credit and access the credit system that's available in the United States without actually being a citizen or living within the United States. Um, and the third thing, and I actually, you, you refresh my memory, what was the third question you'd ask? Well, the third is that all of, you know, the fun, obviously if you're, if you're securing funding, if you're securing credit, you need to have a sound business and you need right. to have a sound growth strategy. So what advice do you give to people along those lines? You know, my, my, best, my best advice for anybody in business is to, to never be afraid to learn and grow. Um, when you're starting a business all the way to the point where you're taking a business public and beyond, you know, the most important thing to do is make sure that you're following experts, follow people that have been there before, the coaches, um, the phenomenal people with advice that will help you along the way from navigating the hurdles that you're going to experience because they've already been there themselves. So we'll leave here with these underlying messages. Thank you, Ty, that we all have options, whether it comes to personal credit or it comes to business credit. It's really important to enlist expert advice so that you can identify where you're at right now and what are the sound steps that you can take to improve your situation and also as a business owner to grow your business. If you're in a situation where you have low cash flow, Ty's advice is to build business credit, look at alternate funding options, identify your strengths in terms of the three C's, cash flow, good credit, and collateral, and you'll, you'll find a starting point along those lines and enlist expert advice. Thank you, Ty. I'd like to also share the free resource that you've generously offered. If you go to creditsuite.com backwards slash E-I-N, that's credit C-R-E-D-I-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash E-I-N. That stands for Employer Identification Number. You can get a free four-step guide to building business credit. And you can also contact Ty and explore his company's business coaching services at creditsuite.com. You can learn more about mastering credit by reading Ty's best-selling books, Perfect Credit and Business Credit Decoded. If you have comments or unanswered questions about today's episode, I welcome you to share them and email me at hosthemda at gmail.com. You can also share comments and questions by following me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.